So getting this thing started, man, how would you describe what exactly it is that you do? What is it that you talk about? What are you really about? Sure. So um, assuming that uh, there's been no previous introduction, my name is Jay Stewart Dixon. I'm primarily an author and I write about spirituality in a variety of ways, um, mostly in irreverent and um, iconoclastic and humorous ways. And I got into spirituality essentially because uh, I uh, suffered from depression when, uh, starting when I was about mm, 18 or 19 years old. And I was in college. And instead of pharmaceuticals and conventional Western therapy, I opted to investigate spirituality at that time. And lo and behold, I found that there was some truth to it. I had a uh, my first foray into this realm was through out-of-body experiences. And I had a few out-of-body experiences um, in my early college years. And I was like, oh, okay, there's more to life than this meat bag. Mm-hmm. And um, so that began basically a lifelong spiritual search to um, primarily my motivation was to to just feel comfortable in my own skin, to feel okay, to feel like I wasn't born on the wrong planet, which were all of the symptoms that I was suffering from with this depression. And um, so one thing led to another. I got involved with many, many different teachers, many different books. And I found myself in this strange, very strange classroom called non-duality. And uh, let me see. Fast forward from the time I was 18 to uh, I guess I was around 40 years old is when I went through my own gestalt, my own spiritual awakening where I walked through a little doorway and I took me a couple of weeks, weirdly enough, to realize, oh, this is what awakening is. And one of the hallmarks of that awakening was that this feeling of depression, this feeling of separation, this, this feeling of being born on the wrong planet had dissipated, had gone away, and it has been gone for 15 years now. So along with that, there are some other bells and whistles side effects that, that uh, certainly do come with awakening. And um, I think, I, think I, 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 I teach and I write the way that I write, uh, 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 irreverent, funny, humorous, spirituality for badasses. I write that way because I never really got into this business because I wanted to be a, a teacher or a guru or a saint or anything. I was just hurting. I was just not feeling like many, many people. I was not feeling okay. Anxiety, depression, stress. Um, and I just wanted that to go away. And it's very simple. So when I went through the process, when, when I went through the spiritual process over the years, it was never about really becoming more spiritual or attaining any I, enlightenment or awakening. wasn't I wasn't interested in that. I just wanted to feel good. I wanted to feel okay. And that happened. Um, and then, but of course, along the way, you, you know, I, I, I learned about non-duality. I learned about Neo-Advaita Vedanta, about Zen, about Buddhism, about meditation, about yoga, all the things that are in the, uh, you know, spirituality school. Um, 
And then when I did wake up, very oddly, I just wasn't interested in in spouting out the typical stuff that is spouted out by most of the non-dual teachers. Mm-hmm. I was into non-duality, man, before this shit was even called in the United States non-duality, before it was even known. Mm-hmm. I, I, when I got involved in it, there were very few teachers that were teaching actually the the thrust of the bulk of of um, of of paradoxical spirituality, which is really kind of the essence of of non-duality. Paradoxical spirituality just wasn't taught. There was yoga where it was like point A to point Z. You do all these exercises, you become better and better and shinier and shinier and happier and happier, which of course is just a bunch of bullshit. (laughs) That's how most spirituality was sold back in the day. And there were very few teachers that that sold it otherwise. Um, But when they started, when when the wave in the early 90s of teachers started coming over to the United States, all on the heels of um, uh, an Indian uh, guru named uh, Papaji, or sometimes called Poonjaji, um, whose lineage was Advaita. And I, th- I think he was had something to do with Ramana Maharshi as well. So all these American realized students, not all of them, but a handful of them came to the United States and started teaching. Um, examples of those types of teachers are Arjuna Nick Arda, Gangaji, Eli Jackson Bear, her husband, um, John DeRoyter, uh, oh, Andrew Cohen, big one. Um, to a certain extent, uh, what is his name? Oh gosh, I'm gonna forget it right now, but um, Ken Wilber. Mm-hmm. So they all they all started coming to the United States, and I, and at that time, was I had a little black book and I had all these teachers that were, were teaching non-duality and I, and I sat with them and it was invaluable. Mm. Um, but if it was before it was non-dual, not, not before all the label this, non-dual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was before the label. Yeah. It was before the label, you know, Advaita. So, um, so now that now we live in an era where that's very common and it's great because it basically shows that that teaching has worked essentially. And, you know, I, I look at it as all good. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I mean, I bark and, um, uh, am always first in line to, you know, to make fun of non-dual teachers, <laughs> but I've earned the right. I've earned the right. I've been around for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but, but they're, you know, I love them all. It's all good. Good. And, and even even the flimsiest ones, you know, part of the evolution of of non-duality. And I, and I fall into this category as, as well as any any other teacher or author is that you begin teaching um, when you're really new at it, when when you you're when you may you may have had an awakening, awakening experience or an actual awakening um, definitive moment. But even then, how you convey what you've experienced to the rest of the world um, can still be on shaky ground because there's a lot of integration that goes through after awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you see a lot of teachers that that they're just in the various stages of post awakening, um, real enthusiastic or about what they've experienced. And I think it's great. I think it's awesome. There's all sorts of teachers out there for all sorts of people. And um, I've got no problem with any of it. Yet, 
simultaneously, I'm to- again, I'm totally willing to, you know, um, to when I see a, a video come across my YouTube page, you know, just like laugh at like, oh my god, yeah, that's just so cliche, and that's just <laughs> so like bo- or boring. Most of them are boring. Yeah. Um. Whatever. So. Yeah, I know. I've seen plenty of them too. I pretty much I am in the realm. My algorithm is in the realm of seeing yeah. pretty much everybody that is within this quote non-dual advaita neo advaita realm. I mean, yeah. there are there seeming to be levels to this thing for sure. There seems to be like um, levels of understanding when it really comes down to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And not everybody should be a teacher. It is good. I guess it is an honorable pursuit, you know, in itself. But I don't think just because you have a microphone and a camera means you should go on and try to teach people. As long as you don't say, I am the teacher, I am the way, I guess there's no harm in it. You know, I guess if you just turn on the camera and you're just talking, like, it's really, (laughs) I don't see any harm in it. You know, as, as long as you're not like, uh saying that you you know the person needs you for truth you know yeah Um, i don't know it's it's hard to generalize like that because there are everybody's their own individual and how they teach and there's like i said different levels of understanding different ways to teach you know you could take an example of uh let's say with um muji um Mm -hmm. who whom i've met in person when he first started teaching in a room where there was five other people you know, and I just thought, wow, this, he was the first African-American that I had seen who was out teaching non-dual principles. And this is, I, I can't remember if this is before or after my own uh, awakening, but it was really nice to see this guy. He was, he was awesome. Really, really down to earth. Uh, you know, he, I think he had dreadlocks then. And I just, I thought the world of him, but then slowly over time, his, his, teaching evolved into this massive juggernaut, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, of, and you'll see pictures of a hall of hundreds of people. And they, you know, they all, they've all got their hands up doing the, doing the um, typical type of Hindu devotional postures. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say probably based on my experience with seeing teachers grow into that kind of space that um, is probably become watered down and has probably become less effective for those who want to wake up. Yeah. But that's good. You see this, that's the, therein lies the paradox because you've created this cauldron where a whole bunch of people are in and inevitably some of them are going to become frustrated with it mm. and, and realize, wow, I'm just hanging out with a big, in a big, you know, probably mostly benign cult yeah. um, and no one's waking up and, but, and then they leave and then they actually pursue and that's how it works. And that's all good. It's some kind of inadvertent teaching that comes from cult like mentality. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even Bentino Massaro, who's, who's been in the, you know, news, um, do you know who he is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, with, with a cult and I think they're out in Flagstaff or someplace like that. Same thing. Yeah. You know, man, Hey, if he, if he, great, good on him. You know, if, if he's, I'm sure he's created, he's created a thing where, you know, thousands of people love hanging out with him and like his teaching. And I, I've never met him before. Um, and same thing, like 
there's probably a handful that get it. And then there's another handful become completely frustrated and they move on. And that frustration and that moving on is part of their personal journey. Mm. Um, it, it, it does, it does can be, yes. In, in the grand scheme of things is like, is it a cult? That's a negative cult. Is it, is it creepy? Is, are there violations going on? Are there, Boundaries being crossed that shouldn't yeah, be boundaries. Right. Those questions definitely should be asked when it, when it gets to be that size. Um, and I don't really know the answer to that when it comes to, you know, most teachers these days, because I don't have a, in, I, I don't hang out with many teachers these days. So mm-hmm. it has all different kinds of cults and cult like mentality for sure. Yeah. I always like to preface all of my videos and talks by saying, you don't need me. You don't need actually anything. You don't need really anything like the true spiritual path is one that has to be tread by oneself when it really comes down to it. Guidance is very helpful, but only to a certain extent. And it can be actually very dangerous when you mistake the finger for the moon, the finger pointing at the moon for the moon. So tread lightly for sure when it comes to this, because then you may find yourself in a cult if um, if you get sucked in a little bit too much to whatever this finger is, you know. A lot, some of those fingers have good looks. They have charisma. They just have a way with words and that's dangerous. It's definitely dangerous for sure. So I preface everything. Anybody listen, you don't need me. You don't need anything that I say. If you find help out of it, thank you. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate your appreciation. But at the end of the day, I don't want any cult of Gary anytime soon. <laughs> what are you talking about, man? The cult of Gary has a, has a that's a good ring to it, actually. <laughs> Maybe. Don't cult get me thinking, Gary. man. Don't uh, Gary, Gary, <laughs> Gary. Yeah, right. <laughs> Maybe someday, but I don't even want to go there. I feel like it's not <laughs> it wouldn't service anybody. It definitely wouldn't service me. It only inflate my ego even more. But we'll see. We'll see yeah. where it ends up. Oh, but, okay. Uh, so my, I, okay. So before we started this interview, you, you said I was allowed to turn the tables and I will. Mm-hmm. So I want to, I want to go back to that question I asked you. So what, what, what was your thing? What, what, what mm. beyond curiosity, what was the thing that got you into spirituality? What, what, what was not working for you that said, Hmm, maybe there's answers here. Very similar to you, man. Just mental illness, mental ailments, something, yeah. feeling that something wasn't right. Something wasn't adding up. And I was born in a relatively good life. You know, I never really experienced classical struggle. You know, I never missed a meal in my life. I lived a pretty good life. But yet, still, there was something missing. There was some kind of yearning for like, what's really going on here? What am I really supposed to do? Maybe a true yearning for purpose, right? Like truly knowing what the human condition is about in the essence of more than just materialism, more than just the paycheck, more than just yeah. trying to feel good and not feel bad. Yeah. There was that kind of like, what is really this thing about, man? That's kind of what led the way. And yeah. all of that stemmed down to depression, I think. Yeah. Just having no purpose, having no true meaning of what the human condition is about, um, no yearning for truth leads to depression, anxiety, leads to just this general angst within oneself, which I think mm-hmm. is actually grace at the end of the day. If you utilize and transmute your depression <laughs> and mental illness into following yep. the path, it yeah. actually can be grace. So uh, summing it up, man, it really is just like a, a general sense of just like, what is this? What is this life? You know, I got everything, got people that love me, got a good yeah. life, yet something is off. 
So I figured following the path that offness started to turn on, <laughs> you know, it started to be like, ah, okay, this is what it's about. And this is literally in the moment right now. I still feel that I still feel similar, similarly as when I started the path as I do now. And even more so like the more that I have these talks and read books, I just read the Upanishads and some suttas before this, I feel like, ah, this is it. When I hear Dharma, when I read Dharma, when I talk to people like you, I'm like, this is what life is about. Yeah. It doesn't negate the stuff of like me having to survive and, you know, put food on the table. And, you yeah. know, I don't, it doesn't negate the humanly stuff. That's for sure. That stuff still goes on. But I know that's like, that's not the pinnacle. That's just yeah. kind of secondary to Dharma. And from there, that's how I base everything now is that really what life is about is, um, I mean, I I'm not even going to try to explain it. Life is about figuring out what life is about in a way. <laughs> you know? yeah. It's about figuring out who and what you are, really. And uh, from there, that just leads the way throughout all endeavors of our life. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm very similar. I, my, my, I had very loving parents. And I had, I had same, no, never went for a, without a meal, went to a really good um, high school and college. And this upper middle class, white male American, like click off every fucking advantage, right? Yeah. Right there. The privileges, you know? right? Yeah. Yeah. Every <laughs> single one of them, you know, and I'm like, I'm fucking unhappy. What the fuck? Why, yeah. why am, why am I on, why do I feel unhappy? And I couldn't deny it. You know, I couldn't mm -hmm. deny it. And it sounds like you were in the same boat and you just like, there's gotta be, you know, thank you. Thank you, life. Thank you, whatever circumstances. Thank you, karma. Thank you, thousands of other lifetimes of mm -hmm. dealing with my shit. But, uh-uh, mm -hmm. this isn't doing it for me. There's got to be, you know, I'm not, there's got to be more. Is there something beyond this? And mm -hmm. that's how I felt. That's how I felt as well and yeah. similar package. So what was the thing for you that's that, what was the first thing for you that was a yes to hmm. spirituality? Like, okay, this shit's real. What, what, what was that? What, what was that for you? I've had a lot of those. Um, yeah. It's a tough one. The first one chronologically, I would say when I started to get into meditation, hmm. when I started to, started to stop looking for that outward validation whether it's from you know food girls just general um right. just general like outside outside like um what's the word i'm looking for i can't even think of it just like rather than pointing my attention outward and looking out there like trying to grasp out there maybe this maybe that yeah maybe maybe this no it's really just looking inward. It's like yeah. a total opposite of perspective. And that yeah. was just led through meditation, like actually consistent, earnest ritual, like meditation. That's when it really started to click mm. because I was always curious, but you said, don't talk about curiosity other than curiosity, but I was always curious. Yeah. You know, I was always into like figuring out what the heck all this is about, but it was more so through like science and yeah you know, trying to figure out stuff that other people figured out through the material world. And that was cool, but it still never added up. 
but it started to add up when I went within. And that's when I started to literally subjectively feel this difference in the spiritual path. Um, right. It's, it's not, it's more than just sitting in a room with your eyes closed, you know, it's way yeah. more than that. I mean, it, it's actually not more than that. I mean, it just, it's not just that. It's not just sitting in a room with your eyes closed. Like meditation is, it's hard to explain, but true earnest meditation is very, very powerful. That and then I also started to get into doing asana yoga. That was very powerful. Mm -hmm. All the different modalities, man. Yoga, yeah. um, psychedelics. That was yeah. That's definitely one of them. That didn't come first though. Um, I yeah. got into psychedelics after getting on the path. But the yeah. psychedelics were the giant confirmation. Yeah, that was like yes, yeah. the sages were right. What they say is true. This is really the path. This is very very yeah. this is truer than true and yeah. um yeah that was like uh magic mushrooms was just like a giant mm. giant like validation to the dharma to me yeah and uh yeah uh, is it similar have you had psychedelic experiences in the same way y yeah um yeah. i continue t to this day it's it's i mean it's fun <laughs> <laughs> yeah. it's you know you know um i've i've um, cannabis, uh, mushrooms, um, another uh, one called salvia divinorum. Wow. Um, I've not done um, uh, ayahuasca or mescaline, although I, uh, funny enough, in book two, I, I wrote about mescaline um, with a bunch of research. And I just ru loosely based it on my um, psilocybin experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, mescaline is really hard to come by. Um, and yeah. it's a, it's a native American thing and a, you should do it in a sweat lodge. And when I was writing the book, I just didn't have the resources to go out West and find a, an, an, an Indian territory where I could be guided with, with mescaline. I would have, uh, yeah. for sure. Um, and I'd love on my bucket list is to do an ayahuasca retreat, um, somewhere, preferably South, <laughs> you know, yeah. Costa Rica or Panama Amazon. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Amazon, that'd be great too. Yeah. Um, it's on my, totally on my bucket. Yeah. I, I think, well, so, so let's back up a little bit. So your, your, there's the, the, the greater wisdom to be derived from meditation and certainly from psychedelics is to, at, at the, the bottom line, the ground level is to notice the noticer mm -hmm. is to notice this witness Hmm. is to notice that there's an observer um, and uh, meditation certainly loosens that up. It loosens the, the, um, the tight grip that ego and mind has on the being. And it allows you to see that, oh, there's this other element. There's this observing, aware, uh, witnessing, watching part. And that's fundamental. That, that's, that's like 101 yeah. in terms yeah. of, of, of the type of thoughts. Yeah, just just the type of spirituality that that we're into. Um, that's that's kind of like well, that's one oh one right yeah. there. And I, I, I of course went through that as as well. And then then psychedelics come in, and what happens is if you've already tread a path with with meditation, and you you become more self aware and more self aware, and you've dealt with some inner emotional issues and you've, and, and you've dealt with the mental um, aspects of mind and ego, 
usually what happens when you do psychedelics, if you have that as your background, is that you'll you'll go right back to that to the the best spot that you achieved in meditation. Mm. It'll usually take you, you know, not a guarantee every single time, but usually. Um, and so the, you you have a little bit of cannabis, you you drop into the body, your heart rate goes up, you're super relaxed, your your mind drops to the background and what's left well it's the aware witnessing watching part yeah and uh, that's certainly true with mushrooms too um so yeah i mean i i I, you know i the day and age that we live in is is really really awesome uh with the legalization of cannabis uh Mm -hmm. coming online in every election in every state yeah. Um, there's always there's always an, a new state that jumps on board and slowly but surely also psilocybin um, is being more accepted in research uh, atmospheres and in research facilities uh, for depression, for PTSD, uh, for anxiety, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, you know, all of that's just really, really good news in terms of conscious evolution and conscious development. Um, those, those lead, those are that that mixture of meditation and, um, a, a, a a wise use of psychedelics, not a partying burning man fucking use of psychedelics, Mm -hmm. but a wise use of psychedelics leads to a more conscious society and a more conscious individual, I think. So I'm I'm with you on that. Amen. Yeah. Yeah. That's the most important part about it is how we use these things because in aid to my meditation, I was smoking a bunch of weed. Mm -hmm. I was using, I would literally right before a meditation session, have a smoke session. And Mm -hmm. that is like, that puts your meditation on steroids. Honestly, if you utilize it in that way, rather than, you know, going to watch a movie or doing whatever it is. Yeah. After you smoke weed, if you go right into meditation, you will come face to face with that witness. It's very yes. easy. And it almost like accelerates that because if the point of meditation, yeah. if there is a point, if it is to come into the essence of the witness to be able to let what comes come and let what goes go, as Ramana Maharshi says, you can easily do that off of marijuana. It will just ultimate, it will just boom. You're right there. You're yeah. Right there. So I would recommend that to everybody. If you are into cannabis and you are into meditation, yeah, combine them and see what happens. And I just, uh, yeah. yeah, 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 I totally agree, man. That the uh, also too that's that's a very an, another salient point here for those interested in this type of thing is that your shit's going to come up too. It's not like oh, you're just going to go to that witnessing, watching, pure, blissful spot of cannabis. If you've got shit that's buried. If you've got fear, if you've got if you've got something you haven't dealt with, it 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 if if you're in that space, usually it's going to come right up. You know, your heart rate's going to go up, and you're going to have an oh shit moment of, you know, of of, of fear and a like oh god, okay, I need I need to really be with this. Yeah, you know, it'll jump. It'll that's what I've. Have you experienced that? Oh yeah, for sure. But I think yeah, that's yeah. ultimately the point of cannabis, to be honest. Yeah. It may seem like, why would I want to feel like that? But no, the, actually, if you go headfirst into it like that, yeah, it can be beneficial. It'll show you things that you don't necessarily want to see, but you should see. Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah absolutely. I feel as though that's the point: is we were able to see it and witness it and confront it and know that oh, 
wait, that's all, that's not me. Like we're, I think, yeah, you do enter the witness state, but in that witness state, you're, you might not witness butterflies and rainbows, you know, beautiful vistas and bunny rabbits. It's, you might witness the demons as well, <laughs> but that's yeah. the point. And you can see yes. that they're almost equal in the witness state. Um, yeah. they feel different physiologically. Like you said, your heart rate might get going. It might seem a little scary, but at the yeah. end of the day, it doesn't matter to the witness state. Yeah. Um, yeah. But that's just part of the path, man. That is part of the path. We got to, we got to confront the demons within. We all got that within. We all got this, the beast and skeletons in our closet and, and coming to approach the state of witness, the, the Brahmin within, you have to recognize the humanness, you know, the, the futility of the human condition, the, the yeah. karma that we have to reap per se in the meditation sessions. And, uh, yeah, point of the story is cannabis is like, is like very efficient to do with that <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I, I would agree. I, I, I regularly partake in gummies. Um, so I'm married and I have a son, he's 16 and I don't like gummies are very clean and you can cut them up. And, mm -hmm. and it, it, for me, it's like a, a glass of wine. You know, if I have a quarter of a gummy that has whatever, you know, a couple grams of, yeah. of THC in it. Um, and that's always, I think that's just, that's one of the benefits. Like I can go down, it's legal in Virginia. I can go two miles down the road. There's a cannabis supply store. I know that it's safe. Um, and that's the same thing every single time. Mm -hmm. um, just like buying a, you know, a, a, you know, a, a, a bottle of wine. It's like you want to know that it's safe, that it's packaged, it's professional, that that you aren't, that's not been contaminated with something. That mm -hmm. yeah, and you want to know what you know. You can look, read the label. Oh, this is sixteen percent alcohol. You know, that's good enough for me. You know, and um, so that's a really great. Yeah, I, I, I again view nothing the cannabis revolution that's happening right now in the United States. You, could, you know, the United States is in a sh is going through a shitstorm of division and and political bullshit and that you know haves against the have-nots and the one percent and the loss of the middle class. I mean, it's in a it's in shit condition. But there's one silver lining, and it's called marijuana. <laughs> all, all while weeds becoming legal. That's yeah. pretty funny. Right, right. I mean, it's really, yeah, it's really, it's really funny that we, we, we go through, you know, it's like, you may not agree with your neighbor on, on politics, but goddamn, I, I guarantee you, you know, these days you're probably both on the same, uh, you know, probably bumping to each other at the same cannabis store. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard that plenty of times. Weed brings people together. Yeah, man. Definitely. Has I, I, I agree with that too. So yeah, man. Yeah, I mean the whole um I'll take the I'll take us in another direction. This is something that has been um weighing on for me personally in my own spiritual journey that everyone has to contend with um along along the path is that is that you go through these uncomfortable periods where you're discovering more and more truth. And sometimes the truth is not what you want to hear. You know, the, the, truth. the truth. What's that? Can't handle the truth. Yes. And, and, and are you ready for that level of truth? Are you ready for the, the ultimate um, really thing that is behind this whole illusory display is that is that something that you can handle 
Um, and for a long, long time, uh, so when I went through my own spiritual awakening, it was 2010, somewhere around then. I mean, and a lot, and I had lot, I, I had lived many years basically of having, um, non-abiding awakening moments. Do you know what that means? No. So, so non-abiding, abiding means it's permanent and non-abiding uh, means it, it doesn't abide. It's not permanent. In other words, mm -hmm. you, you have an awakening glimpse drop into the body. My peripheral vision opens up. I feel one with everything. I'm super relaxed. Um, and everything is in its right place. You know, mountains are mountains and rivers are rivers, as they say. And what, what happens is that that'll, it's like, you just got a little jump start, your engine jump start, and that'll last a, a day or a, a week or whatever. And then it goes away and you're, then you're dropped down in the streets of Baltimore. Okay. Um, and you're like, fuck, what happened? So that's, that's what non-abiding is. And I think a lot of people go through that where they, where they, they kind of like the engine needs to turn over a few times before it putters continually. That certainly happened with me. So then in 2010, I, I couldn't even tell the difference. I had hit that ignition switch on my own engine uh, for, for, uh, for awakening so many times. You know, I'd had so many, you know, hundreds and hundreds of Nervicopa Samadhi experiences with teachers, without teachers, on my own, blah, blah, blah. And when it finally happened, I couldn't really tell the difference. And I walked through this doorway and it took me a while, like like two or three weeks to realize that, that oh, my depression's gone. I don't feel separate anymore. And wow, okay, I can raise my hand and say, I'm awake. And I don't, my heart was open. Mm -hmm. So, and then, and the reason I'm telling this story is that fast forward about, you know, 15, 15 years or so. I, I don't know about you or anybody else out there, but. After working all that hard, uh, after all that hard work, I just wanted to be on a, I didn't want to think about it anymore. You know, I just wanted to live my life and enjoy a life depression free. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't worried about, you know, whatever, what more is there after spiritual awakening? And um, in other words, I was content with being the observer. I was content with being awake within the dream, which is really what spiritual awakening is. You're awake within the dream, which means you've discovered this witnessing, watching part of you. And it has, it has moved to the foreground and your ego has moved to the background. Um, and uh, it's a really beautiful thing because there's a lot of freedom that comes with that, a lot of spaciousness, a lot of feeling fine that you know you can roll with the punches so much easier when you're when you're pre when you're identified as the witness as this awareness this, but there's another odd thing and this has started to happen to me in the last couple of years and i'm i'm, I'm going to be 55 soon um so i mean it probably has something to do with age and and with just the natural progression of the of the awakening process um which does in my opinion, does not end uh, at spiritual awakening. Um, and it really gets into a whole other avenue area, um, which utilizes a word that I was always just had, had never a word that I had wanted nothing to do with, which is enlightenment. Mm -hmm. You know, what is enlightenment? And it really wasn't the last couple of years that this unsettling sense 
feeling and um, one, a couple of particular experiences blasted me into having a um, how do I how do I want to express it right now? A pretty good taste, pretty confident taste of what enlightenment is. And it's it's been rather odd. I've been kind of like coming to terms with this with this process, and it's been rather unsettling. And again, we all go through the whole spiritual process is a matter of like growing comfortable with and being able to handle the truth, as as you said earlier. And so, <laughs> and so one of the things about this is that there's you had mentioned Brahman earlier, which is the of course the Hindu. Um, that's their. That's the ultimate conscious one. That is the the embodiment of pure consciousness. And Atman is this experience here, where we we embody consciousness. We embody Brahman in a in, here in this in this dream. And then then there's this whole display, which is which is Maya. And so touching Brahman is what I'm getting at. Is very disconcerting. Uh, because it has been for me, let me put it to you that way. Um, because you discover essentially that the whole thing is happening within inside of you, and this whole thing is a dream, and there's only one dreamer, and that dreamer is Brahman, and you are Brahman. I'm Brahman, you're Brahman, Gary. Um, and but to to philosophize about it, to conceptually read about it in the Bhagavad Gita um, is much, much different to actually touching it. Yeah. And that was that I've been going through some shit recently with this um, in my meditations. And um, I think I'm coming out on the other side where I'm growing used to it. But yeah, it was, it was very, it was very, it's, it's the ultimate sense of aloneness yeah you know ultimate sense of aloneness and the the ego is uh, the, the 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 finite part of the of the human being the finite part of jay stewart dixon has, has really struggled with it yeah. um but it is true you know there's it feels absolutely completely completely true and i and i i've grown a little more comfortable with it. Not completely, but <laughs> does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Where do you think the discomfort comes from? What is discomforting in that? Well, it's this, it's this realization that, okay, so um, one of my, well, so Brahman could be defined as nothing forever, right? Mm -hmm. It's just it's emptiness, yeah. a void, nothing forever. And and it's really hard to convey this ultimate aloneness, but yeah. it it seems like it is the absolute truth that there's just there's just nothing forever, and that is Brahman. Okay, and so the uncomfortableness it comes from realizing that all that all I've done in this lifetime is unravel the dream. I have unraveled this display i have unraveled a, a a solution 
to the problem with Brahman because Brahman very clearly has got a problem. The problem is, is, is nothing forever. It's yes. this sense of, of, of you know, boredom. Yeah. And what can it do? It will dream a dream. And it dreams a dream of universes and planets and stars and galaxies and infinity of life and civilizations and wars and people and organisms and creatures. Mm -hmm. And it becomes the multitude. Um, and it, it, it's this metaphor along, uh, that I read once was like, there's this, there's this man, this lonely man who lived on an absolutely desolate planet. Nobody else, no other thing. And he, and he comes upon this tree. And it's the first thing he's seen in, in, in decades. And there's an opening in the tree. And he, and he crawls into the opening. And he, he falls asleep. And he, and, he, and, he, and he dreams a lifetime of, of many, many people and societies and groups <clears throat> and, and others. And then he wakes up and he comes back out. <clears throat> and, the, you know, and the tree says to him, did you enjoy your break? <sighs> Did you enjoy your break? You know, and that's the disconcerting part about it is that Brahman, nothing forever. And then here we are, basically what spiritual awakening, what enlightenment points to is the unraveling of the dream. And then, so then, okay, so now, <laughs> now I'm going back to Brahman. And then what does it, mm. Just, you know, it's infinite. I can all, you know, I mean, it's infinity is the only thing that makes sense, really, right? Yep. <laughs> so, the finite part of J. Stuart Dixon is like, it's very unsettling. Yeah. <laughs> to think that, what have I done? You know, I ruined a good thing. <laughs> uh, in I a way, yes. I know what you mean. Mm. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, I spoiled the, you know, on the party. Spoiled the fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, spoiled the fun. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, now I will say this, I feel as though that I'm, I'm projecting my limitations onto Brahman, right, mm. On, onto, onto the ultimate consciousness, I'm, I'm, I'm projecting that. Um, and I, and I, and, but I just, you know, there's a lot of unknowns here, but I can't help but to, but the finite part of me can't help but to experience that um, a little bit of like, spiritual, ultimate spiritual existential anxiety. Yeah, is how I, how I would describe that. It's like, what in the fuck have I got? I mean, I just you know, basically, I've spent my whole life ripping apart the threads of the <laughs> of existence. Yeah, and it, it was I so smart to do this? <laughs> was, you know, was this was this the wisest thing to do? I know you know, you what's going to happen afterwards? You know, what happens when I die? Because I have no fucking you know, it, mm. I don't know about you, my friend, but I have no fucking clue what happens when I die. You know, no clue. We're supposed to. Yeah. I don't think there's actually um, much that we could speak upon on that. Um, uh -uh. And, and, I, and I think really in that essence of infinity, life and death are the same thing. And that may yeah. seem like, what? What does that even mean? But yeah. at, at that ultimate point of, of Brahman, if one, it's hard to convey, but life and death are the same thing. They're needed. Just as the void. Well, the thing is, is like I, I would say and extend upon what you said our sense of individuality is needed just as much as the void. Like you can't yeah. just have the void. You can't just have individuality. We need to be able to experience both. It's the, I think you mentioned this in the beginning. It's the paradox. You start to unveil the seeming paradox in it all. Yeah. 
And when the mind, the human mind tries to compute that, it doesn't add up. And then yes, anxiety can come from that for sure. Because it's like you're trying to, especially if you're really logical and rational, you're like, how does this make sense? Like one plus one equals three, well, it doesn't make yeah. any sense. And just like too much. So it's really, that's why they say it's, everything is real except what you think, man. Because if you try to think your way out of it, it's not going to work. Yeah. And the beauty of it is, is once you do figure out that, there is Brahman, there is the infinite void. Well, the show still goes on. That's the thing. And the show never stops too. Even when you do die, the show goes on. Like there's no way for the show to stop. It always yeah. goes on forever. And I think that's the, that's actually where I um, find a little bit of semblance of peace yeah. in coming to terms with this whole existential, uh, <laughs> this existential realization of uh, every, it's just the void. Everything is nothing forever. It's no, it's that like, um, how do I put this? Well, we're here now, so yeah. if we can get here once, we can return again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It might just look a little bit different. Yeah, that's for sure. But there's always going to be something, and there's always going to be nothing. They need, they feed off each other. It's just yin and yang. That's the basic. Yin yeah, and yang right like there. like awareness needs to be aware of something, mm -hmm. right? So light enters the picture and then manifestation. And I mean, these are, this is what happens when you get involved in spirituality and you actually start taking steps down the path is you arrive, you arrive to a philosophical edge. Yeah. Um, and you can't help to become a, if you, if you're truly longing to wake up and to, 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 to know what the truth is and are, and are tired of this display. Cause that's also the paradox too. It's just like, I'm, I'm a little at this age, a little, have some existential anxiety about, you know, what I've done. But on the other hand, there's a, you know, I, I came into this life just going, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm just tired of this life. I'm tired of, of I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like this. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like conditional three-dimensional existence. It, it, it is, it is just suffering basically as, mm -hmm. as our friend Guatama, the Buddha said, you know, it's yeah. just suffering. Yeah. So I definitely, I feel both of those things and it's just a philosophical, you know, paradoxical conundrum. Um, mm -hmm. And true. this is to, to round out our conversation, you know, this is why I, um, I guess I'm on both teams. You know, I got no problem with ego. I got no problem with the illusion. I got no problem with Maya. It's this grand display mm -hmm. where it's, you know, it's entertainment for Brahman and more power to Maya, more power to this place, you know, and it doesn't matter if you have a, a good lifetime or a bad lifetime. It's all the same. It's entertainment value. Entertainment. <laughs> you know, and so, I, yeah, it's a Leela. So I'm, I'm like, like, I think that's my approach to spirituality, basically, is like, I'm not, I, in, in my books and um, the way that I, you know, my, my videos on my YouTube channel, I try to be entertaining and funny and um, poignant and profound and insipid and ridiculous and um, uh, inane, the whole, the whole package. Yeah. You know, I'm not trying to be <sighs> breathy, mm -hmm. slow, mm -hmm. and awake. <laughs> mm -hmm. I, I have no, 
I have no tolerance for that. Although I do at times display that, you know, there are times when breathy and awake and slow and still is appropriate. But there are other times where I'm like, yeah, there's nothing wrong with ego. There's nothing wrong with mind. There's nothing wrong with the struggles of life. Um, and uh, so it's a little bit of, it's a little bit of, a bit, bit of both. Mm-hmm. I think for those who are, for those who are, who are watching, who may be watching this thing, and it may, you may agree with me here, there's tremendous value to be gained with, of course, with, with awakening and with, and with spirituality, if you're feeling like life isn't, isn't, isn't good enough, you know, but it's not a cure all to everything. You know, it's not a quick fix. It's not a, um, I'll be the first to tell you, and I've been involved in this a very long time. I've had many, many realizations. I've woken up to a good part of my, my, my true self and I still struggle, you know, and struggle doesn't go away. I still struggle with shit, you know? Yeah. And I, and I, I don't know. That's just, that's about it. That, that's my take on, you know, the whole package pretty much. Mm. That's well said. It's the middle way, man. It's the middle way. Is, is that what, is that what it was, was? That's what they call Buddhism, right? Isn't it? That's the way Buddha found is the middle way. Cause the middle way. Okay. Yeah. He tried go. the asceticism. Right. The middle he tried way. Tried to almost rush enlightening, which he did become enlightened with the Bodhi tree. But then he figured out, wait a second. It's not all just about the void. I got to come back into the kingdom and teach. And yeah. show others. So I think that's really what this is about too, is like kind of yeah. figuring this out yourself and uh, spreading the love per se, you know? Yeah. You know? <laughs> or um, the sarcasm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. And I think that's uh, kind of the essence of enlightenment. If we can even try and talk upon it, it's that to be okay with the seeming void, the Brahmin that always persists, and yeah. to be okay with the suffering of the human condition and somehow balance the two. There is some kind of dance and balancing act yeah. that one can find within themselves. It's like uh, you don't rush for this to end, but. You're also not okay when it ends either. There's somehow some kind of balance. That's how I see awakened yeah. beings. That's how I see realized beings is they're okay with dying. They're yeah. okay with living because some people, yeah. some think of the spectrum of human emotion, right? Yeah. Some people, they cling to life. They just want to be alive. Like they just, they don't want to die. But some people, they want to die. Some people right now, like they're so depressed. They just want to get out of it. So I yeah. think somehow it's like, what this path is really alludes to is being okay with both parties and both camps and having that balancing act within one's self and one's emotion and and figuring out how it works for themselves in their own subjective experience because we're all different but if yeah you, you can take the buddha's story of his middle way and translate that into your life I, there's a lot of benefit for that i find yeah i think that's well said and thank you for that that's it's really good to have these conversations a lot of a lot of times man you know, you just can't go to the to the gym and have these conversations. So <laughs> <laughs> I can't have these at the bar, that's for sure. <laughs> or or at the or at the bar, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it, it makes you feel a little less. It makes you paradoxically feel a little less lonely. Yeah, it, exactly. And even though what we're talking about is ultimate aloneness, right? Yeah, but we're alone <laughs> together. That's what I yeah. like to look at it, or how yeah. I like to look at it is that um, yeah. that's the point of this whole thing is we're all one together. That's the true paradox is that. Somehow, some way, we were one. There's just one of us here, but yet yeah. I'm Gary and you're Jay and, and the listener. And there's always yeah. going to be that other, yeah. that other aspect of ourself. 
this it's like they're both it's it's always both man it's always both in spirituality just keep that in the back of one's head it's always both <laughs> there's never yeah. like a concrete <laughs> yeah which is which is parent which is really strange given that the you know that that the whole the whole title and nomenclature for what we're talking about, at least these days, is called non-duality. <laughs> yeah, not to. Right? Not to. And I, mm. I, I, I think I have, and this is, this is why I've grown kind of like persnickety with, you know, I never call myself a non-duality teacher ever um, or, or author. Um, I've grown persnickety with it because actually the, the, the longer I've been involved with this, the more it seems like, the more it seems like actually duality is a fundamental state of fucking existence. There's yeah. Brahman and then there's, then then Brahman has a dream and that's two, <laughs> you know, even though two isn't real and, and, and Brahman is, 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 you know, real. Yeah. Um, but that's fucking two, you know, yeah. here we are too, you know, the, the more, the more I, more awake I become, the more fucking schizophrenic I've, I actually think I become, the more dual I become, you know, mm -hmm. so there you go. Eat shit, non-dual, non-dual <laughs> philosophers, eat that shit. Yeah. Right. Well, that's the you thing know? is it's, um, yeah, man, <laughs> I understand that. I guess it depends on what side of the coin you're looking at it from, because yeah. it really is all one. It really is all, there is all one, all of yeah. this entire infinite universe. Yeah. It's one entire infinite universe. Yes. But it's fragmented into two. It's yeah. like, it's all one pie within different, within different pieces of the pie. And it's, uh, it's both and neither. It's, yeah, um, it's like, it's like from the, from the point of view of Brahman, you could say none of this shit's real, right? And, you know, life isn't real. None of this exists. Your mom and dad don't exist. Yeah. Um, There's I don't YouTube exist. videos saying that. What's that? There's plenty of YouTube videos that say that. Yeah, I know. It's just like, I, I just want to like, you know, I'm just like, yeah. And last night when you were jerking off while you were smoking cigarettes <laughs> that, you, that, you, that you didn't exist then either, did you? You know, that's basically my, my response to that argument. Yeah. Okay. I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I won't be totally, and, and you know, I won't totally um, punch that theory in, in, in the gut of we, you know, we don't exist because from Brahman's point of view, I get it. It's a dream from the, from the point of view, if we're going to say Brahman is actually the truth and reality. Okay. And, and is dreaming all of this, then yeah, this whole thing, it does not exist. You know, yeah, I, it's I get all temporary. That. Yeah. yeah it's all, it. it's yeah. all, it's all just a, it's all a fucking fart in the wind as far as, you know, the eons of existence that the galaxies and the universe have, have been in manifest um, you know, whatever have mm -hmm. been around or a fart in the, in the, in the, in the wind to Brahman. Yep. Okay. Yeah. I got it. Illusion. Yeah. None of this exists. On the other hand, it's all fucking relative, you know, because here in the dream, uh, it's absolutely completely real. Um, and that's the genius of the dream. That's the genius of Maya. That's the genius of, the illusion. you know, yeah. it, it feels absolutely real. So, so what's the difference? It's totally, we're totally uh, talking about the matrix, you know, give me the fucking steak, put, give me the blue pill and put me uh, back in the matrix. Yeah, <laughs> you know? exactly. Yeah, man. That's the thing is this, it's the same thing, just different perspectives. It's like, yeah. there's some people I categorize in the camp of Anatta, no self. Oh, they're at the no self part. Yeah. And I, I know how to talk to those people. And then there's people that are in the, um, it's all one, it all exists. It's, yeah. it's all real. 
And I'm like, oh, I know, how, I know how to talk to them. That's that's how they're talking. This is how I can approach this. But it's the same thing. It's yeah. the same. It's the same essence. It's the same truth that can't be conveyed. And like I said, it's both. <laughs> and, and yeah, it, you know what's great, you know, and this is where this is where I like. I often like I find myself being, you know, judgmental or persnickety about non-dual teachers that say, "Oh, you know, drop the story. There is no self." Uh, and ego is bad, et cetera, et cetera. Well, there are actually some people that need to, to hear that because mm. they're so lost in mind. Yeah, that's the thing. They're, yeah, yeah, they're so lost in personality. They need someone to come through. They need someone to speak to them and say, you know, drop the self, drop the personality, and forget your story. And what they're really saying there is like, is like notice that there is a a part of you that is free and clear of all of those things. Mm -hmm. Notice that, notice that, notice that. And, um, and some people, they're just, they need to be, you know, bopped in the face that way mm -hmm. so that they kind of like get it. And so that, that has its place. Those types of teachers has its place. And it's mm -hmm. easy to ridicule them because you, you, you can argue, Oh, well, they're, you know, they are being one-sided. They're not, it's not really healthy that they're that they're um, exclusively for uh, this this in it maybe sometimes it feels like in a psychotic way where like there's no you don't display any emotion mm -hmm. there's no, no story there's no personality they don't refer to themselves as, mm -hmm. as me or I you know it's just bullshit you know it just yeah. seems like bullshit but there's some people that need to hear that you know yeah, and I get I it see that yeah it's because the popular paradigm is that the self is the lowercase s self and that's just yeah. me a sort of solipsism like there's just gary the world and the universe revolves around me in this body and that's it yeah that's the self that needs to be penetrated in order to see that one is at yeah. one with with brahman and uh when they say non-duality as in not two it means like i'm not there's not it's not me in you like they're, they're saying that that's the not two it's like we're actually one me and you are yeah. one and brahman is actually the, the you and brahman we we talk about it as two things but that's actually that's actually one it's actually yeah. like you are brahman and that's the key it's like you have to see beyond the illusion of two of me and you to be able to see that we are we are not two but we are also not two with brahman am i making sense here yeah, absolutely. Like <laughs> it, it, you're, you're, you're trying to linguistically detail w that which is impossible to detail linguistically. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's, it's a paradox. You, exactly. you can't, it's a really hard to speak about. It's really yeah. hard to convey, but I got you brother, because <laughs> you know, I, I do, because I mean, I too have, have smoked plenty of weed and thought about these things. <laughs> yes. Many late nights and high grade marijuana sessions yeah, in that yeah yes. oh absolutely you know yeah. i mean this is this is just the you know i i don't know how i i often like will like like how in the world did i end up here i just i just have these i just have these times where i'm like how did same yeah. You know, like, why am I, I'm, am I overthinking this shit? Why can't I just be happy watching a football game on a Sunday afternoon? But <laughs> I'm not, I just can't. Well, you know what it is, man? I think it's once you tap into this essence, 
this yeah. kind of understanding within oneself. You can't go back, first of all. No. And uh, second yeah. of all, I feel like it's like you feel like nothing else. Uh, I was going to say nothing else is real. Nothing else really matters as yeah. much as what we're talking about. Because this is really the essence of what yeah. the hell is going on. And like we said, this is kind of how we both got on the path. We we're like, what the hell is re like? What really is life? What really yeah. is death? what really is going on here man and this is kind of the essence so um once you get on that path there's no going back and you can't like um how do i put this man to me like i can't stop talking about it i can't stop thinking about it because i know that this is like oh, there's something to this it's classic you can't unsee this shit yeah that's it, basically the that's that's the <laughs> once you see it once you see it, you're like, oh, fuck that. Yeah. That actually once you pull you, literally you've pulled back the curtain on on Oz. Yeah. You know, and, mm -hmm. and you, you're Stop looking at the scenes. Yeah, you're looking at it and you're like, oh, fuck, you know, and so you're awake, basically, and you're living this life where like, yeah, you can fake it, you know, and I can fake it. But it certainly is really nice to like get naked. Yeah. You know, and expose yourself like what we're doing here and just revel in, you know, what seems it's this, it's, it's, it's this, it's this like re we revel in the mystery, in the mystery, in, in the unknown, in our divine ignorance. But at the same time, we can also proudly uh, behold the amount of work and intelligence and intuition and wisdom that it took to actually arrive to this space, you know. So it's both mm. of those things. It's like, sure, I, I, I feel like I've, I'm, I'm, I'm treading in some pretty deep philosophical waters here. But at the same time, weirdly enough, I also feel just like a dumb shit. You yeah, know, well, a, lo yeah. a lot of the times. <laughs> uh -huh. The Socratic man. The more you know, the more you know that you don't know. Yeah, that's. Mm -hmm. Have you ever read Jed McKenna's works? No, I've heard a lot about him, but I've never dove into his stuff. Yeah, he's he's the only right now for me. He's the only he's my only teacher at this point, um, and he's not uh, he's not available as a teacher. He's only available as an author. He's actually, which is part of his brilliance, he is um, anonymous. You won't find pictures. He has no website. Wow, that's respect. Uh, yeah, he's, uh, um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing. There's only his books. Just you will find nothing about him. Wow. Um, he like doesn't Muhammad. do, what's that? It's like Muhammad. Muhammad? Like Muhammad, the Quran? Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm trying, trying to correlate there. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. It's like Muhammad. Yeah, he's totally, he's totally a modern day, you know, uh, Muhammad, you don't, <laughs> this guy re, you know, I highly recommend his works. It's, it's like nothing else. Okay. It, it's not like reading a dry non-dual book at all. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's very entertaining, very witty, very, um, in your fucking face, yeah. you know, and describes enlightenment and, and everything that we've been talking about in very unsettling, disconcerting ways. <laughs> mm -hmm. He's not selling it like the peak of the mountain, rainbows and puppy dogs, gold star, lovey-dovey, one with the universe way that, that every other teacher sells it, which I madly, madly, madly respect. Mm -hmm. 
and just some genius fucking writing. And my, my own work has been influenced by him mm. um, for sure. And um, so I've read, he has about 10 books and I've read, I've read them all. I've read many of them through like multiple times. I've read the whole, all 10, probably twice. Um, like, like consecutively read all through. And he just, yeah, he has a way with words that trust me when I say is very strikingly different mm-hmm. um, in his philosophical points that he makes and his definition of enlightenment, um, his criticism of non-duality, his criticism mm-hmm. of mindfulness, criticism of spiritual awakening, criticism mm-hmm. of the Bhagavad Gita. Well, he just, you know, classic Jed McKenna, um, this is a quote, Buddhism doesn't, B- Buddhism produces Buddhists, not Buddhas, <laughs> uh, not Buddhas. And that's one small little quote of his criticism of, of um, the whole spiritual process. For 99% of the people, we're just, we're wanting to make our spirituality just a means to make us a little bit more comfortable. Mm-hmm. It's a rare, rare, rare percentage who actually want to know what the truth is. They want to wake the fuck all the way the fuck up, you know, not just in the dream, but out of the dream. Mm. Um, and he talks about those things. And and, I, and I, maybe I'm just haven't investigated enough, but I certainly haven't run into any other teachers to speak like that um, mm. in the way that he speaks about it. Um, his his no holds bar approach and willingness to criticize and willingness to go way out on a on an existential philosophical limb is so admirable and so entertaining and so completely just fucking off the charts badass you know <laughs> mm. amazing but uh, yeah I, I read read a few of his books you'll you'll dig it oh i'll heed your advice shout out Jay yeah. McKenna. <laughs> yeah yeah man where are we with time? <sighs> yeah, we're a little over an hour. Um, I mean, how much time you got? You want to wrap this thing up? I, I, I'm good. You have any? If you have any other questions, I'm. I'm. Whatever you think. I, I feel me, like we've 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 gone pretty deep here. <laughs> we've gone pretty deep. Let me uh, wrap up with this one. I'll ask you one more. Okay. We said this is sort of a harrowing thing for one to bestow upon themselves. You know, to go into the depths of the void. Would you want to go back though? Would you want to go into a state of ignorant bliss? Um, back to Brahman? Back to or, ignorance. Oh, ignorant bliss. Okay, back, back Not here. even knowing it's a thing. You know, the old paradigm of the lowercase yeah. s self. <clears throat> right, right, right. Well, I think that I, I, I can only imagine that I have no choice. Mm. That's what I think. I think that we're... Here's here's the scary part about this whole process. I think it's an inf- I think we're stuck in infinity. I, I, like I think samsara. <laughs> I samsara or nirvana, both. Exactly. There you know, what's the difference? <laughs> you know, just, yeah. you know, harking back to what you said earlier, it's like, mm-hmm. would I want to come back as small self? You know, a caveman and early evolutionary. You know, I guess so. I did it this time. You know, I'm 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 I'm, I'm I'm imagining that that this particular being, this particular soul, J. Stuart Dixon, has has lifetimes, you know, and I have evolved to this lifetime where I want to like now be done. I'm done with Disneyland. No, thank you. <laughs> and now I go back. And then now you're asking, would I want to go back 
and be blissful ignorance again in, in a small self? And I can only imagine the answer to that would be yes. Um, strictly for its complete entertainment value. What's, mm. what are my options? My options are the, the nothing forever. <laughs> mm. Mm. And I, I think that must be the case. It's such, it, I find it so disconcerting and so maddening that we can't get that the, and I've, you know, I feel like I've done quite a bit of reading. I feel like I've, I've investigated enough and that's what it boils down to. That's what this whole thing boils down to. Really? <laughs> the universe was bored that this yeah. is entertainment. That's yeah. that. That's it in a nutshell right there. It's like, yeah. you fucking gotta be kidding me. It's kind of a joke, right? Yeah. yeah. That's how I, I like to think if uh, we can sort of conceptualize God, the archetype of the logos is sort of jester. Like God is a comedian. He's the greatest comedian of all time. Well, sometimes that's how I see it. Yeah. Sometimes I, I don't know. I mean, again, we're stuck in infinity. So what am I going to do? Am I, am I going to get off the ride? And then where will I be? You know, at a, at a yacht club in South Miami? <laughs> I mean, where am I going to be? Yeah. Where am I going to go? You know, there's no, you know, there's, there's the void. There's, there's nothing forever. Or there's this infinite display of, of, of Maya. So my answer to your question, yeah, is, I would come back. I guess I would, you know, mm -hmm. I think, I think, man, you know, okay, let's go back a couple thousand years where we were beating each other with fucking sticks, right? Mm -hmm. And swords, you know, there's a, on the battlefield, like, just like in the Bhagavad Gita, you know, with, with Arjuna and the whole thing, there's a certain kind of like embrace the fucking moment. That's that whole scene is in, in the Bhagavad Gita is about. It's like, I think, I think, um, uh, um, I, I'm terrible with the names of the deities. Krishna. And yeah. Krishna comes down and says, mm -hmm. what the fuck are you doing, man? Mm -hmm. Pick up your fucking sword and fight. In yeah. other words, what he's saying is like partake, be alive, you know, enjoy it. This, so I think that to, re, to, to, to devolve, there must be a certain type of like animalistic enlightenment where you're just like, you're just, you know, it's like, it's like, it's like, your cat cat's got no problems but it's not enlightened it's not conscious it's not self-aware well maybe it is self-aware i don't know but <laughs> cats a, might a, be self-aware yeah they might be those little <laughs> motherfuckers are probably more self-aware than we are <laughs> yeah so i don't know you know there must be I, do you see what i'm grokking at here in other words there's a equal there's equal amount of 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 like um, as horrible as it may seem to be beating on each other with sticks and living off of dirt in a cave, there's something that is sublime and awesome and amazing about that as well in yeah. some paradoxical way uh, to Brahman. Yep. Right. Brahman. That's so I don't, you know, I, I don't know if, if you were here in person, I would say, I would say, Pass the bong and let's go a little further. <laughs> and, and hopefully, hopefully all this would do, Gary, all the bong passing, all it would really do 
is it would make us shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and then yeah. we'd be like, what are we doing, man? Let's go fishing. Let's drink beer and go fishing. Fuck exactly. this shit. Fuck all this philosophical stuff. <laughs> exactly. There's only so much you could say. Oh, yeah. man. There's only so much we could talk about and how many questions you could ask. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I always and reach I, that quandary, man, in these talks. I'm like, all right, well, I think uh reached the... I reached the end. You know? <laughs> yes. And, 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 and I'm the same way. It's like, but you know what? I, I, I deeply appreciate this. I deeply appreciate these conversations mm-hmm. um, because they counterbalance the rest of my life and probably yours too. Where all yeah. there is, is fishing and beer and football. And the Red Sox. And, yep. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and all of the, all of the humdrum surface yeah. level of life, you know, and, and I'm okay with that. Um, but it is certainly a delight to speak with others who who get both ends of the spectrum. Mm. So thank you. Amen. Thank you to you, man. Seriously. Yeah. yeah, I feel the same. Couldn't have said it better myself. This is what I uh, do it for. Because, uh, yeah, to tap in with other people and to know that I'm not crazy. <laughs> There's also <laughs> other people. Yeah, there. we're, we're, uh, you know, we're both, we're both, we're, we're both definitely certifiable, but in our in our little circles, we'll 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 define ourselves as not being crazy. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> Whatever we gotta tell ourselves. But yeah, man, I thank you for coming on here. I think this is yeah, pretty sure. insightful. Yeah. Um, at the end of the day, it's art for art's sake. That's what I like to say. It's art like for art's sake, and that's it. Just keep it at that. Which is just yep. life oh. is just an infinite art. Yeah. So here, I get to plug my book before we go. Of course. There it is. Pick up a copy. It's on Amazon. Any place else that uh... I got it too, right here. Yeah, awesome, beautiful. Yeah, that um, um, it is a irreverent, fun ride through the uh, delightful adventure of spiritual awakening, mindfulness, and uh, in book two, uh, enlightenment and Brahman and the whole everything we've been talking about here. Mm-hmm. Enjoy. So, thank you. Thanks for the plug. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. you coming on here. I appreciate anybody that listened this long. Hopefully you made some kind of sense. If we didn't, well, too late. <laughs> if we didn't, that. just smoke a little cannabis and rewatch it. Yeah, yeah, right. It'll be a totally <laughs> different episode. All right. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Well, Alrighty. yeah, man. I thank you for coming on here. Appreciate you. Keep on doing your thing. You're a real one. Um, Thanks. That's it. Peace and okay, love, brother. Man. Yeah, same to you. Bye-bye. Peace.